Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Big names like Chris Jericho, the Giants and the Radicals all shocked the system when they joined the WWF and WCW's foundations were rocked by the arrivals of Lex Luger, Bret Hart and the New World Order. All of these names were big stars when they joined their new homes, but did you know that some of the most famous faces in WWE history were once completely faceless in WCW? I'm CypherWhatCulture.com and these are seven WCW jobbers who became WWE World Champions. Number 7. Rob Van Dam Before he was changing the game in ECW, Rob Van Dam was changing his name for WCW. Calling himself Robbie V, the whole effing show made his WCW debut in January 1993 and wrestled a handful of matches for the promotion over the next six months. Although he won a few of these bouts, he was mostly used to put over names like Paul Orndorff and the Barbarian. He would also clash with the Hollywood Blondes as part of a tag team match and once tangoed with future ECW star Raven under his Scotty Flamingo persona. Following WCW, Van Damme would float around the Indies and Japan for a while and then of course end up in Extreme Championship Wrestling and make a huge name for himself. This led him to being signed by the WWE in 2001 and five years later he would beat John Cena to become WWE Champion at ECW One Night Stand 2006. A guy like Van Damme was probably not going to reach the main event somewhere like WCW. His high flying offense and agility made him a perfect fit for the Cruiserweight division but this was definitely as high as he was going to go. And if we know one thing about RVD, it's that he likes being high. Nice. Number 6. AJ Styles AJ Styles, the man who helped revolutionise American wrestling throughout the 2000s and the owner of the Karenist haircut to ever Karen, was indeed a member of the WCW roster in 2001. The Phenomenal One, wrestling under the name Air Styles, teamed up with Air Paris to form Air Raid because WCW naming schemes were pretty trash. They wrestled four matches in the promotion and lost three of them, with their one victory coming over Alex Wright and Disco Inferno, so don't feel too bad for them. Their highest profile match was in the first round of a tournament to crown the first ever WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Champions. They fought eventual winners Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo on Nitro, losing in five and a half minutes. After the company was bought out by the WWF, Styles turned to the independent circuit and established himself as one of the best wrestlers in the world, especially during his stint in TNA. He debuted for WWE at the 2016 Royal Rumble to much aplomb and has been WWE Champion twice since then. Considering he spent so long on the other side, a 
aka TNA. Everyone was worried that Styles would be treated like dirt when he joined the WWE, but he's been extremely well presented since his arrival, and they haven't made him wrestle Disco Inferno once, which I'm sure he's grateful for. Number 5. Kevin Nash Future WWF and WCW World Champion Kevin Nash had a real rough go of it in his first run in Atlanta. He first appeared for the company a tag team called the Master Blasters, but all they were masters of was losing matches. He then went solo and took on his most infamous role, Oz. Inspired by the Wizard of Oz, Nash dyed his hair silver, put on a long green curtain, and was managed by the Great Wizard, aka Kevin Sullivan with a pet monkey. The act was as loony as it sounds, and it is remembered fondly today as one of the most bizarre wrestling gimmicks of all time. Despite being pushed fairly strongly as Oz, the character soon faded down the card because, well, I mean, look at it. Nash then had another rebrand, this time calling himself Vinny Vegas, before leaving the company in 1993 to join the WWF. Nash was immediately given a better deal, portraying the tall menacing character of Diesel. In just over a year, Diesel won the WWF Championship from Bob Backlund and carried it for the next 12 months, proving that one company's trash can absolutely be another company's treasure. He would eventually jump back to WCW, only this time wearing the black and white instead of green. Number 4. Edge Adam Copeland was previously wrestling in Canada as the hilariously named Sexton Hardcastle before he had his first WCW match under the name of Damon Stryker. Damon wrestled two matches on WCW Pro in early 96. One was against Kevin Sullivan, only this time he was performing as the Taskmaster and didn't have a monkey with him. The other was against Meng, who presumably beat up Copeland so bad that he left WCW and never came back. Later that same year, Copeland made his WWF debut as Edge. And over the next 20 years, Edge would become one of the most decorated and beloved performers in the company's history. He would win two Royal Rumbles, become the first ever Money in the Bank briefcase holder, retire for nine years and come back with one hell of a pop, and would pick up 11 world championships across his run. Number three, Triple H. Yes, the man who now runs WWE and who married into the most successful family in all of wrestling once performed under the name Terror Rising. First name Terror, second name Rising. Wrestling's brilliant, isn't it? And if nothing else, it goes to show that WCW are terrible for naming characters because Triple H's terrorizing name was actually before his time at the company, so there you go. Nevertheless, Mr. Rising had a dozen matches for WCW, including one for the television championship, before he changed his name and character to Jean-Paul Levesque. Levesque was a snooty Frenchman who looked down on everyone he saw as beneath him. It was essentially a proto-version of the Hunter Hearst Helmsley gimmick. What followed was a whirlwind career that saw Triple H go from an upper-class snob to a degenerate and cerebral assassin to one of the most powerful figures in the company. Triple H was so prolific with his championship wins in WWE that it became a meme a long time ago, but he also won the best seat in the house, booking creative and head of talent relations. Not bad for someone who started out as a jobber for the competition. Number 2. Kane Glenn Jacobs sure has had his fair share of gimmicks. Isaac Yankum, DDS, Fake Diesel, Doomsday, Unabom and the Christmas Creature, one of his least remembered phases was a blink and you'll miss it appearance on WCW Saturday Night in 1993. As Bruiser Mastino, the future mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, faced off against one of the all-time greats, the man called Sting. The Stinger quickly dispatched of Mastino that night in Macon, Georgia, beating him with a scorpion deathlock in less than three minutes. After this defeat, Jacobs was gone from WCW and Bruiser Mastino was never seen or heard from again. Two years later, Jacobs turned up in the WWF as Unibom and began cycling through the characters we previously mentioned. Two years after that, and almost five years after his loss to Sting, Jacobs made his first appearance as the character that would define his legacy, 
Kane. As the Big Red Machine, Jacobs has won 19 different championships in WWE, as well as the Money in the Bank briefcase in 2010. He also became a Hall of Famer in 2022, joining the man who beat him in WCW all those years ago. Number 1. The Undertaker Being a lower card wrestler in WCW clearly runs in the family, because Kane's big brother was doing it years before he was. As mean Mark Callis, The Undertaker was part of a tag team called The Skyscrapers, who feuded with the Road Warriors in early 1990. The Skyscrapers became the Sky Scraped when Callis' partner Dan Spivey left WCW and so Mean Mark was left to go it alone. Managed by Paul E. Dangerously, better known as Paul Heyman, which is a wild combination, Callis managed some success as a singles wrestler. However, his confidence in WCW management began to falter when Booker Ole Anderson told him that he would never draw money as a performer. He stuck around a little while after this remark, including a loss to Lex Luger in a US title match before seeking pastures new in the WWF, and boy, did he find them. Debuting at that year's Survivor Series, The Undertaker would go on to have a wrestling career like no other. His five world championships are just a small part of his astonishing career, as it's safe to say that his commitment to kayfabe and outstanding matches have made Vince McMahon a lot of money over the years. And Ole Anderson absolutely ate all of his words. And that's the list. Let us know what you thought of this video down in the comments below. Which of these former WCW jobbers was the most unlikely to become a WWE champion in your mind? And of course, let us know of any other champions in the WWE who started out as enhancement talent in WCW. Make sure you like this video, share it with your friends, subscribe and hit that notification bell. I've been Cypher Watt Culture and have a good week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.